come here tonight. I, I pray that each one of us came with the mindset that I want to hear something that I will be able to take back with me and begin to apply in my individual life. Uh, because that's our purpose for being at Bible study is to come study the word, study the scripture so that we can glean uh, what God would have us to know. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started uh, this series uh, from the book of Proverbs, and we entitled it Walking in Wisdom. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Proverbs, the eighth chapter, verse number 22. Proverbs 8, verse number 22. Uh, I hope, hopefully you haven't forgotten your assignment. Every day of the week, uh, you're supposed to read the corresponding chapter in Proverbs for that day of the week. So today's date is what? The 26th. So you want to read chapter 26 of the book of Proverbs, okay? If you have not done so when you get home, before you lay your head on, your, on, your, on the pillow, uh, just turn to Proverbs and begin to glean what Proverbs 26 says. And we'll continue to do that until further notice. Every day, uh, you go into the next month, uh, Sunday will be uh, February, uh, March the 1st. So on March the 1st, you're going to uh, read uh, first Proverbs chapter number 1, okay? So uh, uh, what, what I'm hoping to do from doing that, for us doing that, is to get wisdom principles that we can apply to our life. And you'd be amazed at how uh, when you begin to study those principles, you can see yourself in some of those, uh, the word of God in those instances, right? So we thank God for uh, uh, the wisdom that God gave Solomon to write. So Proverbs uh, 8 chapter, and we'll begin our reading at verse number 22. Okay, Proverbs 8, uh, verse number 22. Glory to God. Text says, As the Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth uh, their water, before the mountains were formed, before the hills, I was born. Text says, before he made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil, uh, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. Text says, I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries and when he marked off the earth's foundations. Look what it says here. The next verse says, well, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. Text says, next verse, uh, and how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. 32 says this, uh, and so my children listen to me for all who follow my ways are joyful. 33, it says, listen to my instructions and be wise. Don't ignore it. Okay. Don't ignore it. Now, when we look at this and we read this, I want to share with you that many times, uh, you know, when we talk about wisdom, we look at wisdom as a thing, as something, as a thing. But the book of Proverbs sees wisdom as a person. Okay, Um, uh, it's important for us to understand that he sees wisdom as a person. Um, You know, sometimes Proverbs told us get wisdom, get understanding, but. Other times, wisdom itself will speak. And wisdom, uh, when we think about wisdom, we're going to see what wisdom really is. But whenever you read in the passage of Scripture and something that we consider to be an inanimate object is 
is, is made into a person, we call it a personification of that inanimate object, right? Or that non-living object, so we think. Say, for instance, how many of y'all ever heard the term old man winter? You heard it before? Old man winter just talking about cold weather. Now, we know cold weather is not a person, but when you call it old man winter, old man winter did this, and uh, then now you are personifying that inanimate object. But when we look at wisdom uh, from the Holy Scripture here, we're going to see something that's, that's very prevalent, and we need to make sure that we uh, uh, take a look at that. Uh, sometimes wisdom will, when you look in Proverbs, it, it will talk. Wisdom itself will be talking for two or three chapters, expressing itself, explaining how it functions, describing what it's, it's looking for, stretching its results, promising what it will do for the one who possesses it, Okay. Now, now back back up uh, at verse number 22, okay? When you read this, uh, it, it becomes very clear to me, and we'll see in, in corresponding scripture, uh, you know, who wisdom is, all right? Wisdom is not just a thing, but it's a, it's a person. Text says, the Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. Text says in 23 again, it says, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth even began. Watch this, 24, I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth uh, their waters. 25, before the mountains were formed, before the hills, I was born. All right, y'all listen to that. 26, let's read it, it says what? Before he made the earthen fields and the first handful of soils, okay? I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. Now, I want you to go with me to John chapter number one in the New Testament, okay? John chapter one in the New Testament. And so we'll begin to see, uh, in order to locate wisdom, we must go back to the origin of all things, back even past creation, all the way back to the creator, because wisdom created all things, according to what the scripture teaches us. John chapter number one, uh, verse number one, wisdom created all things. Watch the text, okay? John one and one uh, in the New Testament says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Watch this. When beginning started, when time began to be put into place, because how many of y'all know God is not bound by time? You know, we as human beings are, are fascinated or we, we mark things by time, by years, by months, uh, by days, by minutes, by seconds, by hours. And, and so we are bound by time, but God is not bound by time. Scripture says that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years, Brother Jerry, is as one day. So God is not bound by time. But the text says here, in the beginning, the word already existed. When beginning started, word was already there. Right? The word was with God, and the word was God. Don't miss that. The word was with God, and the word was God. Verse number two, let's read. He says, he existed in the beginning with God. Now notice, it says, uh, it, back up to verse number one again. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Verse two, let's read. He existed in the beginning with God. Who is he? Okay, Jesus, but specifically what it say here? The word. The word was in the beginning. It was with God. It was God. And it says, he existed in the beginning with God. Who? The word. All right, look at verse number three. Let's read it. Come on. God created everything through him. Who is him? 
the word, okay? Is that right? God created everything through him and nothing was created except what? Through him. Who is him? The word. All right, let's skip down to verse number 14. Verse number 14 says this. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of what? Unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of of the father's one and only what? Son. So now we get, bless you. So now we get uh, the the, the personification of of what the word is. And it, it identifies itself here. Word is God's son because God's son was in the beginning, right? Look at what it says. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of of the father's one and only son. So the word was in the beginning before the it was it it existed before the beginning came. So that's why when you think about this thing, even when we talk about Jesus being born in a manger in Bethlehem, that's not when he came into being. He always existed. Because we serve a triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me today? Okay, y'all, y'all still tracking with me? All right? So go to Colossians 1 and 16. So we say the Word, amen, existed in the beginning. The Word, we discovered from, from reading uh, John 1 through verse 1 through 3 and verse 14, the Word is God's Son. Who is God's Son? Jesus, right? Look at Colossians 1 and 16 real quickly. It says this, for through him, watch this, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Through him, okay, you already know who him is, right? Because we already discovered that the word was in the beginning and the word was God's son. And and the word wasn't nothing created except the word created it, right? The word was who? God's son. So it says, through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world, everything was created through him and what? For him. Go to Hebrews 1 and 2. Everything was created through him and for him. So we see the word in the beginning with God, the word becoming human flesh, and the word, amen, we see is God, amen, through his son, Jesus Christ, the triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, are y'all still tracking with me? Hebrews 1 and verse number 2 right quick. Talking about walking in wisdom. Talking about the person of wisdom tonight. Let's read together. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us how? Through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, who created the universe through his son? God, the father, created everything. He created the, he created, and through the son, he created what? The universe. He, God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. So we see clearly from scripture that the son of God was in the beginning. The word was in the beginning. Word is wisdom. When we read the gospel of Matthew and Luke, uh, those gospels, the story begins in history with Jesus conceived uh, by the Holy Spirit and born to Joseph and Mary in a manger in Bethlehem, right? And that's where most people think about Jesus' existence. But again, in this fourth gospel of John, we see that it reaches back even further into eternity and lets us know that Jesus always existed. He was there in the beginning. Are y'all with me today? Okay. 
So from the creation of the world, God the Son shared an eternal, intimate father-son relationship with God the Father. Let's go, with, if you will, just, just for good measure, go to Psalms 33, verse number 9. Let's put the, pop that up right quick. Read it, pop it up from the KJV, Psalms 33, verse number 9. God spoke his word, starting in Genesis 1 and 3, God spoke his word, and the universe came into existence. And according to the New Testament, the Father and, uh, made the world through the divine word, his son, okay? So everything that was created was created through what? His son, the word. Text says, for he spake. And it was done. I like that. See, when God speaks something, so let it be written, so let it be done. Text says, for he spake and it was done, he commanded and it stood fast. See, in our own individual lives, guys, we have to get to a point to where we understand when God speaks a thing, I don't care how I feel, I don't care what it looks like, when he speaks it, it's done if I will stand in faith and believe. Are y'all with me today? For he spake and it was done, he commanded, and it stood fast. God spoke the world in the existence. It's, it's amazing to me, the God who, who has all power in heaven and earth, he chose to speak the world into existence. And God, what he was doing was giving us a pattern for, for Christian living. He spoke the word. Amen. He declared, let there be light. And because he said it, what light was. He spake and it, it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. God spoke. Every time uh, you know, we look at creation, he spoke the world into existence. So that's given us a pattern for us as believers. The Bible says God is the God who calleth those things which be not as though what? They already are. God will say something about us that don't even look like it's us. Do y'all realize that? When he says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves you, how many of y'all ever felt like you were less than a conqueror, that you were being defeated, there wasn't nothing going right in your life? Have you ever been there before? Even though you felt that way, God is still saying he's calling you a more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you, even though it doesn't look like it. So God will, God will speak what he sees about us even when we can't see it in ourselves. Because that's the kind of God he is. He, he looks beyond the natural, okay, what, what, what we can see in our individual lives. So in light of the Spirit's involvement, uh, we, we know that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were there in the beginning. And they created, amen, the heavens and the earth. The word of God is Jesus. So when you see in John 1 and 14, it says the word became flesh. And we see that and dwelt among us. We're talking about Jesus Christ himself. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 30. Paul tells us here that the same Jesus has been made Unto us wisdom. Watch this. Uh, go to the KJV, if you will, on that one. John, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 30. Glory to God. He's been made unto us wisdom. All right? Because we're talking about walking in wisdom. It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us what? Who of God is made unto us what? Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and what? And redemption. Made unto us wisdom. Okay? So since wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous to look for wisdom in things. Because it was wisdom which created all things. So if wisdom created all things, why am I going to look to things 
Why am I going to look to a, 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 a horoscope? Why am I going to go to a fortune teller? Why am I going to go to somebody who's not even saved and try to get wisdom? Wisdom created all things. Can I get a witness? And wisdom is Christ Jesus himself. So we got to realize, let's go to the source if we're going to walk in wisdom. Now, uh, go, go, if you will, let's, let's go back. Uh, and I want to just uh, go back to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter number eight right quick. And we're going to take a look at a couple more passages here. Proverbs chapter number eight. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving. So first, you know, we, I told you before that wisdom personified means that that's wisdom put in, 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 in certain form. And so we're talking about the personal wisdom. So we see here in, in scripture text, the wisdom is, is, is viewed as a woman. Okay, now you say, okay, but Pastor, you just created blasphemy because you just told me Jesus was wisdom and, 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 and he's God's son. Now you're talking about wisdom as a woman. Well, first of all, the question we got to look at is Proverbs actually portrays wisdom as a woman. Why is that? Because that was the only way Solomon knew how to personify what was to him a living entity. How many of y'all know Solomon knew about women? What y'all... He knew about women, right? How many of y'all would confess that Solomon had a woman problem? Well, actually, he had a problem with himself, and women were a part of the issue. So it really was something in Solomon that God had to deal with, okay? Solomon loved women and wanted to convey the idea that like a woman, wisdom will spurn the one who mistreats her. And so, as with a beautiful woman, you cannot neglect, ignore, abuse, or take unfair advantage of wisdom and still enjoy her favor. So, I just told you now, you know, unto us, the son is wisdom, right? So, now, if, if I ignore wisdom, if I, if I treat wisdom unfavorably, I can't expect to reap the benefit of a relationship with wisdom, can I? Am I right about it? Wisdom... <laughs> It's, it's every bit of, uh, it, 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 as it's personified in the, in the book of Proverbs, it's every bit of a lady, just like, but, but like God, wisdom is also jealous. She does not look kindly upon unfaithfulness. Are y'all with me? Nor will she allow herself to be betrayed without consequences. Okay? Now, as the old saying goes, how many of y'all heard this? Hell has no fear like a woman that's scorned. You see, when you, when, whenever you uh, 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 scorn wisdom, when you turn your nose up at wisdom, wisdom has a way of, of, of coming back around and bringing punishment or, or discipline to those who ignore it, who, who, do, who don't walk in, in its direction. The Apostle Paul exhorted husbands, if you recall, to love their wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it over in Ephesians 5 and 28. Y'all remember that, right? And he concluded that with this statement, let every one of you in particular as individuals so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. In other words, if you want your wife to love you, love her. If you want wisdom, amen, to, to, to guide your footsteps, you got to love wisdom. You got to pursue wisdom. You cannot, you cannot expect wisdom to just jump up off the page and you don't diligently pursue her. Wisdom has to be pursued. The Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what? If you're not really hungry and thirsty for righteousness, don't expect righteousness to come. Don't expect the wisdom of the word of God to, to, to come into your, 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 your mind, into your eye gate, and you have understanding unless you diligently pursue her. 
Amen. Solomon is telling us if you want the favor of wisdom, you got to favor her. Amen. Because like a woman, she will treat you as you treat her. Now, get back with me to Proverbs 8 with me right quick. Let's take a look at some of these verses and we'll keep, continue to, to move on down through here. Go back with you, Will, to let's look at verse, start at verse number, uh, verse number 20. Uh, verse, start at verse number 27, okay? Verse number 27 of Proverbs 8. It says, I was there when he established heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. 28 says this, I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. 29, let's go. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries and when he marked off the earth's foundation. He's talking about his, 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 his presence there when God created. I was the architect of his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. Text says, and how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family, okay? Proverbs, when we think about this, uh, and there's several other proverbs where wisdom speaks. Let, let me show you something, if you will. Uh, go with me uh, to Proverbs um, chapter number uh, chapter number five. Proverbs chapter number five, verse number one. Let's look at verse number one. Okay. So wisdom is personified as as a woman in Proverbs giving giving advice. Text says, "My son." Pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Verse 2 says what? Then you will show discernment and your lips will express what you've learned. Verse number 3, let's read together. It says what? For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. Watch this now. The lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. Verse 4 says what? But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Who? An immoral woman, right? Text says what? Next verse, let's read. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Verse 6 says, for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. Verse 7, let's read. So now, my sons, listen to me. Who's talking here? Wisdom is. Never stray for what I'm about to say. All right? Look, look. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Next verse, let's read. It says what? Stay away from her. That's what wisdom says. Stay away from the immoral woman. Don't go near the door of her house. Let's keep reading. It says what? If you do, you'll, you, you're going to lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Next verse, let's read. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Well, that's, that's what happens when you mess with the immoral. Wisdom is talking there. Wisdom personified. Next verse, read it right quick. It says what? In the end... You will groan in anguish when disease does what? Consumes your body. Verse number 12. Let's read. You will say how I hated discipline if only I had not ignored all the warnings. Now, I want to stop right there because, guys, I'm going to tell you something. 
before God deals with us or before God even allows, amen, before he takes his hands off us and allows us to be uncovered, God always brings a word of warning. If you are born again and you are a child of God, before God allows you to get to that point to where you are uncovered and naked like Adam and Eve were, a word of warning comes. Okay? Look at what the text says here. You will say, how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Anybody ever been there before? Where you look over your life and, and you, you it, God told you to two or three people, but you didn't listen, right? Watch what the text says in verse number 13. Let's read. Oh, why did not I listen to my teachers? Why did not I pay attention to my instructors? Next verse. Let's read. I have come to the brink of utter ruin and now I must face what? Public disgrace. It's never God's will or intention for us to be embarrassed publicly when we into wrongdoing. I believe that God will cover us and give us ample opportunity to repent and get out of our secret sin. Are y'all listening to me today? But if we continue to ignore it and if we think that that grace that's being given to us allows us to continue in that, then we end up find, we will end up finding ourselves, amen, uh, in public disgrace because our sin has been uncovered because God will step back. When we have a reprobate mind, God will turn us over to ourselves and when he turns us over to ourselves, then we're at the enemy's uh, disposal. Because the enemy loves nothing more than to get a Christian out there and embarrass them publicly. A lot of this stuff that you see that comes out in the open publicly, that just didn't start. That sin just didn't start. See, if you catch your child doing something that they shouldn't be doing, it, it probably wasn't the first time they did it. It's just the first time you caught them. I need to see some hands of folks out here who did some stuff and got caught by your parents, but that wasn't the first time you did it. And see, what will happen to you, the enemy will have you to the point to where you, you, you'll think you're so slick in covering your little sin up that you, you, you just get just real careless and just frivolous with it. And all of a sudden, when God says, okay, that person is not listening to the preacher, he's not listening to their parents, not listening to the Sunday school teacher, I'm going to step back because their mind is reprobate. I'm going to step back and allow them to feel the, 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 the consequences that come from disobeying me and not listening to me. Because God would rather for you to be publicly embarrassed and get out of it than you, just, than you just stay into it and ruin your life. Can I get a witness? His goal is, is that when you hear a word of warning, just turn from it. Repent. He forgives and you move on. But when we don't listen like we so oftentimes don't until something, uh, something real heavy happens in our lives, okay? I've come to the brink of utter ruin and now I must face public disgrace. So let's go. Uh, the, the, the third part I feel is, is wisdom as the word. So we see wisdom as a woman. We go to wisdom as the word. Proverbs 8 told us that wisdom is Jesus, but Jesus is also the word of God. If you look at Revelation 19 and 13. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 15 right quick, and then we'll, we'll bounce back here. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. As you become diligent in the word, you transfer that word from your spirit to your mind. When you become diligent in the word, you, you transfer that word from your spirit to your mind. Because ultimately, your mind is what's going to, when, we, when we're thinking about 
how to apply wisdom, we're going to be thinking about what decisions that we're going to make. Okay? 2 Timothy 2, verse number 15. Okay? Word as wisdom. Text says this. Work hard so you can do what? Present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly does what? Explains the word of truth. Okay? Let's look at work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. The KJV says, uh, it says rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so now watch this, guys. Just because you have Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that you automatically manifest wisdom to handle everyday situations of life. Just because you're born again, can I put it this way, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody up here. Just because you're born again don't mean that you don't do stupid stuff. Can I put it that way? How many of y'all can attest that since you've been born again, you've done some stupid stuff? You've done some stuff that's outside of God's will. You did some stuff that was not wise and had you pursued God's word and, 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 and followed after him, you, you, you wouldn't have done that thing that you did. Can I get a witness? Just because you have the mind of Christ doesn't necessarily mean that you have manifested, just because you have the, uh, again, just because you have the mind of Christ doesn't necessarily mean that you have manifested the mind of Christ, amen, into your everyday life. I mean, if I have the mind of Christ, but it's not being manifested, it's given to me, but it's not being manifested in my life, I'm still making bad choices and bad decisions. Are y'all with me today? Your spirit man, amen, is what's reborn. Can I get a witness? Your spirit man is what's reborn. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle Lord. That's what God abides. Okay? And we have the spirit of God abiding on the inside of us. But again, until we begin to get that into our minds and allow it to get into our hearts, then we won't make wise choices and decisions. I think it's uh, Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you that was also what? In Christ Jesus, you got to let it. If you don't let it, it won't happen. You can come to every Bible study. You can come to every discipleship training class. You can, you can not miss a Sunday morning for the next 30 years. But if you don't allow the word of God to have a preeminent place in your mind, then you won't think like Christ. Even though you're born again, but you're not thinking like Christ. So it takes diligence in the word of God. You got to appropriate the wisdom that has been made available to you through Christ Jesus. You got to pursue him. Okay. Now y'all remember uh, when we first started this, I gave you a Hebrew word and it's called, that word is spelled C-H-O-K-M-A-H. Everybody say chakma. Do y'all remember chakma? And that word chakma, anybody remember what, what it meant? To pound in. Remember the example that we gave? Learning your multiplication tables. The word chakma means pounding in something, okay? Uh, you know, all of us 
We have wisdom available to us. We have wisdom maybe resident in our spirit because we, we, we read the Bible. We had Sunday school lesson. But that wisdom will do us no good as long as it remains stored away in our inner man. It's got to be pounded into our minds so it can get down in our hearts so that we, can, we may not sin against God. And we got to get the word into us, amen, to where it resonates, that we diligently pursue it. Proverbs 3 says that not only must you receive wisdom, you must also retain it. Wisdom comes through the new birth, but it is retained through daily study of the word of God. And therein lies the problem. Because, amen, uh, researchers tell us that most Christians don't get into the word of God. If if I'm looking at 100 people in here, 85 don't have a, a daily consistent time with the Lord. We look the part, right? We come to church with our Bible on the arm. and Well, maybe you don't come with the Bible. Now you come with your iPad now. And I, I, I'm okay with technology, but there's still something good about turning pages. There's still something good about being able to mark your Bible up to put some stars on it. You say, I can do it in my iPad. But there's something about turning that page. I, I, I use technology too, but the word has to be pounded in us. It has to be a man meditated upon. Y'all remember what Joshua 1 and 8 says? And I remember this book of the law shall not what? Depart out of my mouth but thou shalt do what? Meditate therein day and night that you may observe and do all according to all that's written therein then you'll do what? You'll make your way prosperous and then you will have what? Good success. So that means that I got to meditate in the word. Now, again, you know better than I know. You know better than I know whether or not you spend time meditating. Tiffany, what does it mean to, what does it mean to meditate? To, okay, to ponder over and over again, to process it, to get an understanding about what God's word says. To meditate, that's, that's exactly what it, it is. It comes, you know, we talked about that, I told you about a cow ruminates. In other words, he chews the cud. The cow has a couple of stomachs and he'll, he'll, he'll digest stuff and then he'll bring it back up and chew it again. That's what we got to do. We got we to gotta spend time in the word, focusing in on it, meditating on it, chewing on it. Let it, let it settle for a little while, bring it back up, chew it over again so we get it down in our spirits, guys. If you don't attend to the word, amen, which is, the, is, is wisdom, right? If you don't attend to the word of God, then don't expect it to be there when you need it. Don't expect the word to be there when you need it if you don't spend time meditating on it. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring it to our remembrance, but it can't bring to your remembrance what was never put down in your memory. Okay? You, one of the worst mistakes we make is, is thinking that, you know, God knows me. He understands me. Yes, he does. He understands that, you, that you're not really spending any time in his word. He understands that you're really not committing any scripture to memory. He understands that you're not meditating. He understands that you're not committing yourself to searching for his wisdom, and you just want it, and you want it cheaply. The wisdom of the word does not come cheaply. It's, you got to have some chalk. You got to pound it in. You got to keep rehearsing it. Amen. Uh, regurgitating it. Meditating on it. Swatting it again. Bringing it back up. Chewing on it some more. So that it can get down in your spirit, man. Is everybody still with me? 
So wisdom as the word. Remember, the main word for wisdom in the book of Proverbs was chocolate, which has to do with pounding in something. However, that wisdom that we're looking for, guys, it will do us no good as long as it remains stored away in our inner man. It, it's got to be pounded into our mind, in our hearts, amen, by confession, by study, by meditation on it day and night, okay? So wisdom, we've got to realize that wisdom is, wisdom as the word of God is personified as the word. The next thing is we see wisdom rejoices in us. Let's go to Proverbs 8, verses 30 through 32. Wisdom rejoices in us. Everybody say, in me. It rejoices in me. All of us who are born again are the, the delight of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Father delights in Jesus, but Jesus delights in us. So when the earth was created, Jesus didn't rejoice in the trees or in the animals. He rejoiced in the sons of men. Look at what the text says in Proverbs 8, 30 and 32. Ready? Let's read. I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. 31. And how happy I was with the world he created. How I what? Rejoice with what? That's us, y'all. He says, I rejoice with the human family. Verse number 32. And so, my children, listen to me. For all who follow my ways are what? All who follow my ways are joyful. Okay? So wisdom is talking to them. Wisdom and the word are one and the same. And the word and Jesus are one and the same. In order to locate wisdom, guys, we must go back to the origin of all things, as we said earlier, even back past creation. And when we do that, we can we, we can put ourselves in a position where we can we can realize that re, that Jesus Christ and wisdom is rejoicing in us. Are y'all still tracking with me today? Okay, so let's go to the next one. Uh, wisdom pays dividends. Look at Proverbs eight thirty three through thirty six. Proverbs 8, 33 through 36. Wisdom pays dividends. Text says this. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not what? Ignore it. Do not ignore it. Now, can we be honest? How many of us have heard word preached on a particular subject and we just flat out ignored it? We knew what it says, but... We we didn't do it, right? Remember what James 1 and 22 says? Be doers of the word and not what? Not hearers only. When we hear word but don't do word, scripture text says we are deceiving our own selves, okay? Throughout the Bible, guys, we are warned to stay in the word, to meditate on it, to avoid the way of the sinner, not to sit in the seat of the scornful, as, as Psalms, the, the first number tells us, there are blessings promised to those who will heed and obey what wisdom says. Everything they put their hand to will prosper. Likewise, we're told that those who transgress God's commandments will not be blessed. All right, so we gotta, we gotta stay in the word. Everybody say, stay in the word. Because when we look at that, the word plays dividends. 33 says, listen to my instruction and be wise, don't ignore it. Verse number 34, let's read together. It says what? Joyful are those who listen to me, waiting for me 
Who's talking here? Wisdom is talking. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me what? Now, guys, watch this, watch this. Daily at my gate, waiting for me outside my home. So what is this, what is this, what is this telling us? Guys, we need to have consistent time with God. Now, you know better than anybody else whether or not that consistent time with God is there. And what I want to encourage you to do, I'm not saying you, you just start somewhere. If it's 15 minutes, start with 15 minutes. If you're reading Proverbs like, like we assigned, just, just reading Proverbs uh, well, is a good start. But what he's saying is, joyful are those who listen to me, who listen to wisdom, who watch for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Uh, look at the next verse. Let's read it. 35 says what? For whoever finds me does what? Finds life and receives favor from the Lord. When you find wisdom, when you're sitting outside the gate, outside the home looking for it, then the, the text says if you find it, you're going you're gonna, to you find life and you receive favor from the Lord. I like that. How many of y'all want some favor? I don't know about you, but I need some favor in my life. Look at verse number 36. Let's read together. But those who miss me do what? Injure themselves. All who hate me do what? Now listen, I don't want to be loving no death. Okay? All, I, I don't want to ever be in a point to where I, 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 I become cynical toward God's word. Because the word is what's going to give me life. The word is what's going to position you and I to be able to walk in faith. What does the scripture, scripture tell us what? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my faith can't be developed if I don't have any time pursuing the word of God or pursuing wisdom. Wisdom and the word are one and the same. So if I'm sitting here in church not spending any time pursuing word, that means I don't have any faith. It also means that I'm not enjoying God's favor that comes from pursuing wisdom. Guys, it, I, I, I hate to tell you, because I've tried it before. I tried doing this through shortcuts. In other words, thinking, well, I can come to church, have a good time, and you know, sing with the choir, listen to the message, and then just come back the next week and everything will be okay. Doesn't work that way. You got to spend time with God. He wants to commune with every last one of us. Are y'all with me today? So, so, so wisdom pays dividends. We, we get blessings when we pursue wisdom, okay? Are y'all with me today? All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, wisdom does what? Cries out to the simple. Let's go to Proverbs 1, 20 through 23 right quick. Let's read it together. It says what? Wisdom Shouts in the streets. She cries out what? In the public square. Keep reading. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gates. Keep reading. How long, you simpletons, when you insist on being what? Simple-minded. How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools do what? Hate knowledge. Verse number 23. Let's read. Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and do what? And make you wise. Now watch this. He's talking about 
you know, it says wisdom cries out to the simple. You know what? Wisdom, uh, you know, God gives us his word to go and share that word, amen, to try to compel men, women, boys, and girls to come to Christ. He gives us that word to go out there, not just keep it inside the four walls of this church, but to go out there to redeem mankind. See, where does wisdom abide? Wisdom should not just abide here in the church. As a matter of fact, it doesn't. When you look at what the text says there, it's, it's out amongst them. It's out in the marketplace. It's out in the community. It's out there, amen, speaking, amen, words of love that come from God. And so what, what that's telling me as a, as a Christian is, is that I have a responsibility to take this word out to the people and not wait for the people to come to me. I have a responsibility to take this word to work with me, to the ball game with me, to the community meeting with me, to the neighborhood association meeting with me, to the grocery store. And let that word, amen, be personified as I run into people, as I meet people, as I communicate with people. How many of y'all live in Benton? In the Benton area? How many of y'all, how many of y'all shop at Brooks's up there? How many of y'all, when you go into Brooks's, you see somebody who you know? And you end up taking longer to shop than what you would normally shop if you just went in there and didn't talk to anybody. How many of you know that I believe and I I know for a fact that God allows you to run into people who you need to share, share the love of Christ with? And so every time you see somebody, don't run from them like some of y'all do. You see them coming out of this aisle, you go another way. That's not just a chance uh, encounter. God puts you in front of people so that you can impart words of wisdom to them. Because if we don't talk to people, guys, we won't have impact on people. Quit, look at neighbor, say neighbor. Quit running away from folks. See, listen, guys, we can't hide from the real world. And there are some hurting people out there in the world that we need to be able to go and minister to. So wisdom does not just stay in case in the four walls of this church where we just sit around and pontificate about God's goodness. Wisdom says, I'm going to cry out in the streets. I'm out in the market. I'm in the marketplace. I'm going to go and talk to some simple folks. Is that what it says? Back up to verse number 20. I, I don't mean that in a rude way, but that's what wisdom says. He says, wisdom shouts where? In the streets. She cries out in the public square. That's why the devil trying to keep the church quiet. The devil don't want you to say anything about Jesus or the Lord in any public space. Trying to get you out of government, out of every, every place that's public. But let me tell you something, as long as I'm saved, as long as you say, we're going to be in the public. And we're going to be ministering to folk, amen. We're going to build a relationship with people, and we're going to get the wisdom out. So she calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gate. 20, 22 says, well, how long you simpletons? Will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your market? How long will you fools hate knowledge? So wisdom, amen, again, look at this again. Wisdom, uh, wisdom, wisdom cries out to the simple. So we got to make sure that we're that, we're that vessel that's crying out. Look at, look at the next one. Wisdom mocks the proud. Look at 24 through 26. It mocks the proud. There are a lot of prideful people out there who think that they don't know, they don't need the Lord. All right. But look at what look, look what the text says. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. This is prideful people 
who think they're good people. They do community service. They don't really need all that religion stuff, okay? I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. Next verse. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. It's just a minute. Guys, do y'all remember 9-11? How many of y'all remember where you were on 9-11 when, the, when, those, when those planes flew into the Twin Towers? How many of y'all remember that, that, that after that event took place, churches across America were full? And people were coming, they were praying because there was uncertainty about what was happening in our world. And, 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 and because of that tragedy, they, they, they rushed in. But guess what's happened now? They went back out. What wisdom says here is, okay, you rejected me, and there's going to come a day in time, you rejected me, you laughed at me, but there's going to come a day in time when disaster is going to strike, and you're going to come to me for help, and what does it say? I will laugh when you're in trouble. So you can't, God's word is not like an insurance policy that you keep in your dresser drawer, where you put it out when it's time to, uh, to file a claim. God's word can't be stuck in the drawer somewhere and you use it whenever you get ready, whenever there's a need that arises. God says, I want you to pursue me with your whole heart on a daily basis. So wisdom says, I'm going to mock those who are proud, those who thought they didn't need me, those who ignored me when you came and shared me with them. When they come to me in their time of distress, then I'm going to laugh at them. So wisdom says, I didn't say it, wisdom said it. Okay, so wisdom mocks the proud. And uh, next to last, wisdom rejects fools. Look at what the text says, it rejects fools. How many of y'all ever dealt with a fool before? How many of you would admit that you were a fool at one point in time? Look at what the text says here. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you, Text says, when they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Now, guys, think about this for a second. There are times when people, when they're going through something, all of a sudden they want to pursue God. And then they get mad when God won't answer them. And they have no relationship with God, not even born again, but they just they decided now it's time to pray. And so when I pray, when they pray and they get an answered, now they're mad at God. When God clearly says in his word that, that, that in order to come to him, you got to have a relationship with him. God hears the prayer of the sinner when he comes to, to ask him to come in his heart to save him. But the prayer of the sinner, amen, uh, doesn't have the ability to get through because there's no relationship. We go to God the Father through the Son. Well, if you don't have the Son, how do you get to the Father? You can't get to the Father except through the Son. What does he say? I am the way the truth and the life, no man, no man, no woman can come to the Father, what? Except by me. So how are you going to get to the Father? You're trying to get to the Father and bypassing the Son. It does not work. Are y'all with me today? And so watch this, watch this. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not what? They will not find me. For they, they did what? They hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. 
Next verse, read. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Look, look what it says. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. Choking on their own schemes. See, let me tell you something, guys. Listen, God is a, is, 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 is a merciful God, but he's also a just God. And when he brings the wisdom of his word and the word is being preached, God, let me tell you something. It would be better for you to be in a church where they didn't preach the word to you than to be in a church that preached the word and you ignore that word. Because again, guys, just, just coming to hear the sermon and taking notes and, 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 and listening is one thing, but it's another thing to be a doer of this word. And guys, I, 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 there is obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, I, I, you know, I came to church. I didn't feel good, but I came. I sacrificed. No, obedience. Watch this. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. Guys, and I'm telling you, that's not good. Choking on their own scheme. You choke on your own, your own mess, your own scheme, stuff you tried without the Lord and then want the Lord to come in and rescue you. Now, there are times when God will, I promise you, there are times when God will just deliver us from our own selves. Some messed up stuff we got ourselves into, God comes and says, listen, that's my child. I, 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 you know, I know he didn't consult me, but this time I'm going to show him some grace. But there comes a point in time when you keep doing that stuff, then wisdom says, you've ignored me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you eat that bit of fruit of living your own way, and I'm going to let you choke on your own schemes. Look at verse number 32. We talk about walking in wisdom, guys. The personal wisdom. Watch what it says. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Guys, I'm gonna tell you something. We, we, we you know, we, we, we can't. This, this is so simple here. Once we know something, then we are responsible for doing what we know. Spirit of rebellion, knowing what God's word says, but simply not doing it. See, most people think rebellion means that you, you all huffing and puffing, you're talking against this, talking against that. No, most rebellion is just quiet. It's just you sitting up and listening to me, lying your head, saying amen, taking notes, and going right that door and ain't doing nothing you got wrote down on that paper. As a matter of fact, you ain't even have to write it down. I'm going to write it down for you. And so you, you, you hear this stuff Sunday to Sunday, but, but after 15 or 20 years, shouldn't you be doing this? I mean, think about it for a second. You, you've been sitting on the ministry all this time, but you're not consistently doing anything that you heard? Doesn't that scare you? It would scare me to be sitting on the ministry and word, and then I don't even make an attempt to do it. To follow up on it. Okay, last thing. Wisdom protects the wise. Look at what it says here. It protects the wise. Can we read together? Now, he, remember, he just talked about wisdom rejects the fools, right? So look at your neighbor to your neighbor. Don't be a fool. All right? Just want to tell you. How many, yo, okay, just don't be a fool. Don't do foolish stuff. Don't be a fool. Because all of us have been a fool before. Acted foolishly. Let me put it that way, acted foolishly. It says, but all who listen to me, who is me? 
wisdom, all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. That's what it says. The wise man will emerge victorious from every trying circumstance. Everything he puts his hands to will prosper. Now, prosper don't mean that everything will work out the way you necessarily want it to. But I'm here to tell you, when you do it God's way, God's going to work it out for your good, even though you may not agree with the pattern and the way, because there's a lot of stuff God done in my life. When I look back over it, I see why he did what he did. At the time he did what he did, I thought God was being unjust, to be honest. I thought God was being unfair, but he really was looking out for my good. He worked that stuff together for my good. So guys, listen, wisdom and in, in, in the word and Jesus, all that's one. And so if we're going to be a people of faith, if we're going to be a church that, that's walking in wisdom, let's understand the personal wisdom, who wisdom is. And God in his word tells us that when we, when we follow wisdom, when we don't ignore her, her, her instruction, then we're going to put ourselves in a position where he can bless us bountifully. Amen. Let's walk in wisdom. I want every person in here to experience wisdom in their individual life. I want your family to walk in wisdom. I want your children to walk in wisdom. I want your grandbabies to be wise, little something, something running around the house. But, but that can't happen, guys, if we're not setting the example. So many times we do stuff in front of our children and think that it doesn't, doesn't impact them. It does. Be a man and woman of wisdom and watch God bless your family. Amen? Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.